is Bronson Modern Gods. We're back. I'm John. And I'm Richard. What is going on, everybody? Hey, I see you there. You have not subscribed yet. Why haven't you subscribed? Please hit the like button. Please subscribe. I see you left there. Please do us a favor, pretty please. Uh, beg, 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 beg. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the live show. Yes, thank okay. you. Fun. Uh, did you have fun? Well, I had a lot of fun. It's a great way to end the year. Yes, it was. Uh, and speaking of ending the year and new beginnings, 2022, we made it. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> 2021 is over. I know. So let's all just focus on 2022. Today's topic, our 2022 comic book collecting goals. What are we shooting for? What are we aiming for? We want to know what you're aiming for as well. But first, we've got the 25-year rule, our underrated books of the week. And as always, we start things off with the hot book of the week. Richard, you have been banging this drum for a while. It's finally happening. Yes, yes. I could finally crow from the tops of the trees. Oh. <laughs> Miracle Man number one is the book, hot book of this week. Uh, I am a unabashed Miracle Man fan, unabashed Alan Moore fan. And um, this book has been in the back, back on the back burner for quite some time now. And finally, the stars are aligning and we're getting Miracle Man number one. We're getting Miracle Man as a, uh, a character in uh, Marvel Comics. So his, his first real comic appearance uh in the modern age because miracle man the, the character originally started off as marvel man uh, back in the 50s um was had there was some kind of legal dispute strangely enough with this character <laughs> that caused them to change him from marvel man to miracle man and in 1985 uh alan moore uh, who also produced things like the watchman v for vendetta swamp thing the list is long. He this, this is a very pro, uh, prolific uh, writer, and this is some of the most iconic books in in our generation. Uh, he took up Miracle Man from the the campy think think Captain Marvel from Fawcett kind of character. You know, gee was golly, there was a whole family of these people, and he took that kind of uh, bubblegum type of character and made it a very deep, very dark, very angst driven character and i absolutely ate it up bet me back in the 80s absolutely ate this up well, me too and just some background uh marvel man came about in the 50s because the company that published marvel man was previously publishing captain marvel stories and then Fawcett was sued out of business by dc and they wanted to keep the strip going because it was doing so well in the uk that they just changed his name to marvel man changed his costume had him say komoda instead of shazam <laughs> so you know this intellectual property has gone through some uh, some wink wink nudge nudge uh permutations Oh, tons of it. This, this, this is a character. This is a, uh, this is a property that I think finally has, has come home to roost. Um, it's, it's, it's. If you are reading books back in the early '80s, um, I, I hope you remember the impact that this character had, because, uh, like I said, characters, superheroes, for the most part, for uh, the generation, were, were pretty much black and white. Mm -hmm. And, you know, until you got to some of the, Mar the, the Marvel, like X-Men and things like that. But for the most part, it was black and white. And this character, this character defied that, that uh, the rule where, um, the, you know, the character, you didn't know. It was hard to define this character as a hero. 
because of some of the things they did. And actually, my my uh, underrated book kind of talks to that. Uh, we get a little bit later. Hmm. But anyway, uh, this this series uh, ran for sixteen issues with with uh, Alan Moore. It was then picked up a little later by Neil Gaiman. There you go. <laughs> Those of you who watched the live sale this weekend understand that joke. Go on. Uh, um, he picked it up. Uh, Neil had uh, argued that he had the intellectual property. Uh, there was there was a lot of back and forth about that, uh, and it's been sitting in limbo since uh, since forever. But now it looks like Marvel has gotten the rights. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, they they did they did uh, make a stab at asserting the rights to the character uh, when they bought they uh, apparently licensed them or bought them from Neil Gaiman and uh, the artists that were involved because Alan Moore gave them the rights. It was a gift. But then Todd McFarlane argued he had rights because mm-hmm. he bought all the Eclipse IP. I mean, it was a mess. And people are gravitating to Miracle Man number one which is interesting to me because what's Miracle Man's actual first appearance? It's in Warrior number one. It's in a magazine size right. book mm-hmm. called Warrior. Uh, people hate magazines, man. <laughs> they do. They do. It's like Foom and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't, they don't want to storm. So it's like, okay, Miracle Man, I'm going to pretend that Warrior didn't exist. I, I collect comic books. This is the same argument I had with um, – with previews 95 for Miles Morales, supposedly his first appearance. That's great. I, I don't collect previews. I don't, I collect comic books. And yeah. um, Miracle Man's first appearance in a modern comic book is Miracle Man number one. Right. All right. So you also have been on the hunt for a couple of rare, rare variants of this book for a long time. And now you're screwed. I am totally screwed. <laughs> uh, there was, there was a, 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 Back when this book first came out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, they had uh, some – they reserved a thousand – the first thousand copies, um, and they split them into two groups. They had a group of 400, which they called the Gold Ones, where Alan Moore would sign it, and he would number it, you know, one through 400. He would actually number it. He signed it on the inside cover so you don't get a green label in this thing. Um, and then he had another – 600 which were the the blue editions uh and these came with a little like kind of a coa it was either a gold coa with the goals or a blue coa with the blue um the blues didn't weren't numbered they were signed by by mr moore but they weren't numbered so when you get these graded for cgc it will say you know writing on inside cover and then numbered which means that it's a gold or it will just say signed on inside cover which means it's a blue um and people people retain that coa because cgc will not include it in the the slab so you can pick up one of these books with that coa and with that indication on the um the label of the slab you've got one of these thousand books that are that are, are are pretty rare and pretty hard to come by so you had this as one of your underrated books of the week, not only not just uh, four months ago, three mm-hmm. months ago. Uh, and when we were in San Diego, at San Diego Comic-Con special edition, did you pick more up? Do I remember that correctly? I, I did. I picked yeah. up, I picked up a couple. Um, I, um, I shared, shared one with the, with uh, at the live sale this, mm. just this past weekend. 
But no, I have I have a number of really high grade books. I don't have any graded at this point, but the ones that I have, I think, are nine six nine eights, and it's just a matter of me submitting them. Well, good job on picking this one because uh, who saw this coming in Timeless? I mean, I, you were picking it because you liked it, right? I mean, this is a classic example of buy what you like, and if something happens, awesome. Absolutely. Right now, this book is going for about um, – it's still inexpensive. According to GPA, it's going for about $200. Um, last – you know, it's pretty pretty flat over the past uh, uh, past year. But, of course, th that may not take into account the recent news, yeah. uh, which is going to uh, make this book go up. But I'm still surprised that you can find it for $200. Now, people are going from zero to 60 with the speculation this last week. It's like, does this mean he's going to be in the MCU? Does it you – know Guys, settle, 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 settle. <laughs> let's uh, let's get them back in the books. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when the century was going to be in the yeah. MCU? I mean, come on. Uh, we don't know what's going to be in the MCU until we see the action figure leaks. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so just sit back, and uh, I think there's a chance for you to hit your LCS and grab uh, some Miracle Man uh, issues because they're out there. There's plenty. I've seen them. Oh yeah, there's plenty. I. I picked, over the summer, I picked up a whole run, one through 16. Uh, they're all cellophane together yeah. uh, for like 75 bucks. You know, that part of the run's easy. It's the Gaiman Buckingham issues, you know, up to 24 that mm -hmm. the orders go down. Eclipse is on its last legs financially. It, it was coming out maybe twice a year at that point. Yeah, it was rough. I remember that. So if you see the later issues, definitely definitely jump on those all right speaking of jumping on things it's time for us to jump to our main topic our 2022 comic book collecting goals new year's resolutions richard we've had them we break them it's only <laughs> it's only the third day of the month let's let's lay down some flags here what are we looking for out of 2022 i'm gonna start with my first one um i am going to really concentrate on my captain america collection He's my favorite hero of all time. He's, you know, kind of been put on the back burner while I've been chasing other things the last couple of years. So I really want to shore up my cap collection, particularly Golden Age. I uh -huh. dip my toe into Golden Age here and there. Um, it, uh, I, I call my comic book collection like my 401k. And the one, one thing you're not supposed to do with your 401k is if you leave a job or you change jobs, you always have the opportunity to cash out your 401k. And Susie Orman says that's the biggest mistake you can make. I have cashed out my comic book 401k more times than I can count. I've had Cap 74. I've had the Atlas issues. I've had lots of Golden Age Cap issue 44. I've sold them. I regret it majorly. Uh. So I'm going to try to reacquire them. Uh, I really want to get those Atlas era 50s caps uh, issues 76 through 78. The Young Men issues featuring Captain America, Men's Adventures issues featuring Cap. I'm always on the lookout, you guys know, for Captain America, Weird Tales, 74 and 75. We're in a dip, you know? Yeah, now's the time to buy. It's the time to take advantage of it. So I'm really going to gird my loins and uh, start going for my Cap Golden Age. What's the first thing you're looking for? Well, good for you. And I, I have to say, uh, uh, a, a, a friend of ours, uh, Yakuza Doc, Kind yes. of gave me the idea for this particular show topic. So thanks, thanks a lot for that. Um, mine, mine. You know, I'm going for qu quality over quantity this year. Um, 
I have been guilty of chasing the flavor of the month. Uh, hence, you know, the 10 copies of, you know, um, <laughs> no, no, uh, House of Slaughter. I have 10 copies of House of Slaughter. I've got 10 copies of, of you know, like Berserker. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those, you know, who knows? Those, those don't may pay off at some, some uh, far future date, but they're, they're, they're not guaranteed. Uh, I think that the, there are Silver Age, Bronze Age books that are pretty much they're blue chip. They're 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 guaranteed to continue to increase in value. Books like you know X Men number one, Fantastic Four number one, uh, AF fifteen. You know those are really those are expensive books right now. But I think we are in a unique situation where we are transitioning from they're they're being really expensive to being just completely unobtainable. Yeah. And, you know, are like, you know, like a Captain America one or just you, you're just not going to be able to afford them without taking out a loan. So, you know, I, I'm I'm going to try to focus on thinning my collection and, and redirecting that money towards those those blue chip. You talked about, you know, your 401k. Mm -hmm. I, I feel much more comfortable with those books in my portfolio than I do with, you know, a lot of modern books. Um, so I'm going to continue to shift from from um, modern to bronze and silver. Um, one of my new, new year's resolutions is I'm going to stop or, or, or slow down on buying store exclusive and variant covers. I think yeah. that's, that's just really gotten out of hand. Um, there's, there's this new trend that, that uh, we've got for uh, store exclusives where you'll have a virgin book and you'll also have a trade dress book. And that kind of guarantees it dilutes the value of that virgin by having that trade dress because, you know, you've got two books that are exactly the same, you know, just one is missing the trade dress. So some of them are okay. Some of them like uh, the Wonder Woman uh, black and gold I thought was gorgeous. And I would, I bought both because I think there's value in both. But for the most part, if I see a book come out that has both a virgin and a trade dress, I'm going to automatically assume that it's, its value is not going to reach the same highs it could if it was just virgin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I have really stopped cold on all variants. I was variant crazy for a while, and I think I got caught up in the hype. I got caught up in the hype this week with the timeless variant featuring the timey-wimey lady on the cover. I was like, oh, I should grab one of those. And I thought, why? why? I, I had the same thought. I was thinking, yeah. oh, man, I need to grab one of those. But then I'm thinking – how does that fit into my collection? There is, it, it doesn't. It's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it's of the moment. What's it going to mean in six months? Exactly. Exactly. So my want list, let's start with our want list, our actual, you know, besides my cap, here's what I want. I want to complete my Marvel boy run. It's going to be real tough because it's two issues. <laughs> I already have issue two. So I need to get a Marvel boy. Number one. I do want to upgrade my cap 100. It's, it's, only air quotes in 8.0. I, I would really like a high grade cap 100. It's mm -hmm. one of the first expensive books I had when I was a kid. I went to Mr. Fantasy's comic shop. Uh, shout out to the late uh, owner of Mr. Fantasy's who was on our show uh, last year. And I bought a cap 100 for the astronomical sum of $4 and 50 cents. I remember that it was like uh, three weeks worth of allowance in my paper route money and everything. I also want to start grabbing up all my oddball, timely Atlas obscure heroes. You know, I love me some Venus. Mm -hmm. I've 
always wanted a Nemora run, another good two issue run. I've always wanted a Sun Girl run, another good two issue run. Uh, these are not cheap because there's a lot of weirdos like me that want those books. Uh, but you know, like I said, we're in a dip. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my list is um, Albedo number two. Okay, there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's 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 been a goal. It's it's the last Bronze Age Grail, with the exception of my other choice, which is Cerebus number one. Yeah, I'm torn about that. You know, you got to separate the artist from the art. Um, Cerebus was a was a great book back when it first came out, and I look forward to every issue. Um, and it's it's again, you got to separate the artist from the art. And what does it mean in another 10 years? Are, is anyone even going to remember Cerebus? It's not like, it's not like Watchmen where it's right, right. continually being rediscovered by an, another generation, another generation. And there's a TV show on HBO and a movie. What, what will Cerebus mean? And what will Flaming Carrot mean in 10 years? Mm. Yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. Uh, it, it, it may be one of those things frozen in amber that is important to people of the generation. But when other people look at it, uh, you know, it loses its importance. Yeah, importance. But most important, what I really want, I really, I am, I am girding myself for the battle that is finding a 1.0 uh, amazing fantasy. Fiction. Wow, more loin girdering. Okay. Yes, I'm girding. Right. I'm girding as we speak. <laughs> um, it's going to mean some shifting of of uh, my collection, selling some things off. But I'm thinking this is my this is my shot. You know, in in th three or four years. Even a 1.0 is going to just be out of reach. Just yeah. like, you know, like my Fantastic Four number five. I, I could never afford to buy that book today. Um, I bought it, fortunately, when it was less expensive. Still really expensive, but it was less expensive. The same thing with AF15. I think we're going to reach, get a point where it's even people who are trying to, you know, if I sell this and I sell that and I do this and I do that, it's going to be out of their, re their reach, and, which is me. So I would love to get one. While they are, you know, they are saying it's affordable is a relative term. Um, while it's still within within reach, and because I think that's really the pinnacle of at least my collection. If if I had to look at AF15 or FF1, um, I'd have to go with AF15 as as being kind of the ultimate grail. So that's that's what I'm going to try. With all the Spider-Man movie stuff happening, I think you know. Part of me is like, hey, you missed your window. It's it's too late. Uh, part of me is like, if you don't do it now, you're never going to get it like you're saying. So how much are you willing to go up? Do you even know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I have some high dollar books that I would be willing to part with to to, to help fund it. FF5? And... No, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one's mine. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, let's put it this way. If I don't look, I'll never find it. So um, I've had some some fantastic success in finding things when um, I just put forth the effort to find it. So that's, here's that's my hot take. Here's my hot take on Amazing Fantasy 15. Everybody wants it. Hot book. Tough to get. Wrong. How many copies have we seen sold in the last three months on oh, yeah. Instagram sales and uh, auctions and eBay? They're out there. People are selling them. So I don't, it, supply is not as good as demand, apparently, because more people still want it. But supply is not, I mean, it's easier to find that book than to find a Venus 19. I agree. I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a book 
that is circulated and you know the collection of them are not you know being hoarded in uh people's people's collections but they're, they're actually circulated you can go on ebay at any time and see some there you see them at heritage all the time um they're out there and the trick is finding someone who either a has has a need for a book that i have and mm -hmm. will accept the books in a partial trade um or someone who uh has one that's raw and uh, isn't sure uh, what it's going to grade out, you know, it may be restored and, and they pass the chance on to me to, mm -hmm. to deal with that. Even, re even restored, you know, Wrong you, advice. Shoot your yeah, shot. yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I, it's, it's, you have to have goals in life, in my opinion, because you need something to strive towards. So that's my goal. Um, you know, I, if, if I, I can make it happen, I will make it happen. If not, I will it'll be the goal for next year. Let me ask you a challenging question on this. Mm -hmm. Why not an ASM number one first? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I thought about that as well. I absolutely hate the cover for ASM one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spider-Man is sitting there splayed out. <laughs> the Fantastic Four is like, what are you doing, dude? Um, yeah, not, not a big fan of that cover. Um, I... I would pick FF1 over ASM1, to be oh, honest with you. interesting. Okay, yeah. so you're, you're a cover whore. I am, totally. Okay. To that is me. That defines me to a T. I, I, I was going to say something like, you know, oh, you're how dare you diss Jack Kirby, but Jack Kirby drew the cover of Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> and Fantastic Four number one, so you're not really dissing Jack. Uh, but, yeah, you know, let me like, – can I make a little argument for the cover for a, uh, ASM number one? Sure, sure. He's a, he's a spider, and they caught a spider. Oh, is that what it's supposed to be? I, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, it looks like he's in the middle of doing some some stretches or something. No, he's he's trapped in the tube in the Baxter Building because he invaded mm -hmm. the Baxter Building in the story inside, and so it's almost like you know they're they're kind of hammering the insect type part of it home. Okay, maybe okay. not. Okay, I could be full of it. <laughs> so we are really interested in what you guys are searching for in 2022. Yeah. Please leave us some comments below. Uh, leave us comments on our Instagram, uh, DM us. We're going to read some of the uh, more interesting ones. They're all interesting, but we're going to pick some and have them on the bonus episode, which I swear we will do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, stick around for that. 2022, here we are. No clever segue. It's time for a new year on the 25-year rule. Okay, here we are. It's a new year, so now we move. The 25-year rule from 1996 to 1997. A very rough time for the comic book industry. This year of 1997, we saw Marvel slowly crawling out of bankruptcy. DC sort of on autopilot doing what they do, you know, rebooting crap over and over again. <laughs> and even Image taking some hard hits this year as well, as we'll see. But the book we're going to start off the 25-year rule for 1997 with this week is a weird one. Marvel Heroes and Legends number one. 1997, Richard, is kind of when I got back into comics hardcore. Okay. This year, after my, my four years in the desert uh, selling my, The Great Purge and moving and getting myself set up career-wise, I was back into comics. And I remember when this book came out because it was – 
solicited as a love letter to the Marvel Silver Age. So what it is, it's basically a retelling of Avengers number 16, where they have the first lineup shakeup, mm-hmm. where the original Avengers leave and Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye join with Cap, Cap's kooky quartet. And it was going to be drawn by the artists who helped shape the Silver Age for Marvel. Sal Buscema, Dick Ayers, Steve Ditko, Gil Kane. So I'm like, oh, this is, you know, Jack's dead. So obviously Jack's not going to be a part of it. But I'm, right. this is, you know, my wheelhouse. I'm like, oh, this will be good. I want to see what these guys are up to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, Sal had been drawing Spectacular Spider-Man for years and years. So mm-hmm. I knew what to expect from Sal Buscema. But the Dick Ayers and Steve Ditko and Gil K- even the Gil Kane stuff was rough, man. These guys, really? they were not spring chickens by 1997. And I'm, I appreciate Marvel throwing some work their way. I don't know if they needed it, if they were retired and happy and secure, but oy, yay, yay, chihuahua. Um, not the best way for these guys to go out. Uh, it was kind of sad. Oh, man, that's too bad. So what did they do? They did a sequel. They did another <laughs> one of these books <laughs> later. And we'll probably hit that uh, in the 25-year-old. But if you, you guys ever checked out Marvel Heroes and Legends one-shot, uh, tell me if I'm full of it in the comments. But it is – she ain't pretty. Any, uh, any idea of the value at this time? Yeah, it's 50 cents. All right, let's move on to our underrated <laughs> books of the week. Richard, what do you have? Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, okay, so so Miracle Man number one is is uh, our weekly pick, but I I think that Miracle Man number fifteen is the real gem of the original sixteen uh, book series with Alan Moore. Uh, number fifteen, I I'm, I'm not going to spoil the story for you. It's been forty years. The cover so. kind of spoils it. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, it's it's the death of Kid Miracle Man. I I, I mentioned that Miracle Man as a family. There are, you know, several different characters that kind of line up with uh, Captain Marvel, the Marvel family. Um, one of them is this young kid who's Kid Miracle Man, and he is the primary villain throughout the first uh, sixteen issues. He is, he is, um, he is the force behind everything, and it, it all comes to a close in issue fifteen, where it's just a, a big battle between uh, Miracle Man and his forces all against Kid Miracle Man. And it is some of the most brutal hand-to-hand fighting I have ever read in a comic book. It is just no holds barred, people dying left and right. And uh, it ends with, uh, uh, I'm not going to spoil how it ends, but it ends with uh, Kid Miracle Man dying at the hands of Miracle Man. Miracle Man kills him off. And it's, it's, um, you have to read the story. I'm not going to spoil the, the specifics of it. But it's, it's to me, this is the culmination of the arc for this character. This character transitioned from that bubblegum and, you know, all-American kind of character at the very beginning of issue number one to at the end of issue 15, he's gone through his, uh, his trial by fire. And issue 16, he basically becomes a god. And um, it's kind of a denouement to the whole story. But I think 15 is really is a really, really key book because it it shows the depths that he will go to to write what he sees are wrongs. And uh, it results in the death of, a, of, a, of another being. 
and I think that was a really powerful thing that that um, that uh, Alan Moore was trying to put put across. Interesting that it sells for a lot more than issue number one. It is at, at this moment. Who knows what's going to happen after this week? I, it, it really is, I, and I think other people see that value because right now, if you look at a nine point eight for this book, um, the last sale is three hundred ninety five. Uh, the ninety day average was three hundred forty one. So it's going for a significant, almost double the amount that issue number one went for. So people, other people are seeing the value of this book. But that's that's those are the prices right now. Yeah. So if if uh, issue number one is going to go up, uh, I could see this book also going up proportionately. Uh, and, I, and again, I think it's it's probably the most important book in this the first sixteen issues. Tough book and grade. The cover is dark. Uh, people bought this book to read it. Mm -hmm. They did not buy this book to hoard it. I mean, yep. you, me and you and all our friends, we read the crap out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so many innocents die in this book. It's it's oh, kind of man. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a post 9-11 world, it's, it's a little jarring. But back then it was like, wow, this is wow. Dark and gritty 80s, man. Yeah, and and they, they die in very graphic ways. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know just the imagery uh, throughout this whole series. Lots of hits on pikes. Yes, yes, yeah. and lots of uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, but it's just interesting that this has always been the this and issue twenty four, the last issue, the the big value books in this run. So if you have not gotten this and you're interested, it's don't waste your time, Richard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I'm, like I'm saying, you can pick up full runs of this series pretty easily because people, you know, just don't really know what they have. So go out there and look at those, you know, go go out to the flea markets and places like that. That's where I got, you know, one of my runs is one of those kind of places. And you, you may strike gold. Marvel has also announced an omnibus of Miracle Man that's coming in September of this year. You know, it's a ways away, but that's mm -hmm. a good way to get everything in one handy volume. Also, I'm going to throw a little extra underrated book in your picks, and that is All New Miracle Man Annual Number 1 from 2015. Don't sleep on this. These are the first new Miracle Man stories since Miracle Man Number 24 back in the 80s. Uh, Grant Morrison. Joe Quesada, <laughs> Michael Allred. I mean, talk about a powerhouse lineup to bring Miracle Man back. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people know this book exists and that there are two new Miracle Man stories contained therein. It's, it's news to me, and I'm a huge Miracle Man fan. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on to my underrated book of the week. Is Champions the most diverse team Marvel's ever had, Richard? I, Given that question, I would have to say no. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a tie. People forget the most, the first, not the most, the first significant step Marvel took towards true racial diversity on a superhero team was the New Warriors. New Warriors, number one. You had characters like Night Thrasher, Rage, uh, even Silhouette. Uh, she was a twofer. She was a minority and disabled. There you go. She's a twofer. Uh, you even had people like Darkhawk and the Scarlet Spider eventually on this team. People forget how popular New Warriors was for the first few years of its existence. It had a decent run. It lasted 75 issues. Wow. Yeah. It was finally remembered by a bunch of 90s kids. If you came up at the same time you are reading Darkhawk, you probably read New Warriors. The last sale, this is criminal. The last sale of a CGC 9.8 for New Warriors number one was last month for $83. Wow. Really? 
Well, because people are specking on the first appearance in Thor. They oh, actually okay. appeared in Thor, but this is the first solo New Warriors title. It's been rebooted and rebooted. You know, nothing's sticking. Nothing is stuck. But I think we're heading into, you know, those. it went from the 80s nostalgia to 90s nostalgia. Here we are. Sleepwalkers popular. Darkhawk. Mm-hmm. God forbid is popular. <laughs> people are missing Ben Riley of all people. Oh my goodness, yes. So New Warriors, you know, uh, I do think it's severely underrated. I agree completely. I remember this series. Uh remember the the beginning of it. Uh and it was a good book. Yeah, you know, some of it's kind of corny. Night Thrasher with a skateboard, he's thrashing. Uh, they should have called him Vans Man, Vans. <laughs> or Airwalk Dude. Remember Airwalk? Uh, you know, Rage, of course, is a teenage, uh, a black teenage kid who gets angry and grows into a big, muscular, angry dude. All right, come on. Uh, you, this is the best you can do, guys. But it did grow. Uh, they had a really strong creative team, Fabian Nicenza, uh Nichienza, sorry. Uh, you had Mark Bagley. It was Mark Bagley's first regular series. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they took what was a goofy, you know, let's be extreme for the 90s for the kids. And they actually forged it into something readable. So if you have not read New Warriors, go check it out. ASAP. I good, love it. Good pick. The first two years. After that, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is going to wrap up the first show of 2020. We made it. Richard, remind everybody where they can find us. They can find us on Facebook and Instagram at bronzeandmoderngods.com or at the website bronzeandmoderngods.com. And if you like our videos, please show us some love and like the video by hitting like and subscribe. I see you you still have not hit subscribe. I need you to do that for me, please. He will cry unless you hit that. Uh, I know. And we will see you later this week. Bye, everybody. Everybody stay safe.